Hey there, this is Liz with a quick note for those of you headed to the Women in Aviation International Conference in Orlando. Please join me on opening night for the Authors Connect Reading and Reception presented by United Airlines and Pass International. We have an incredible lineup of authors who will read from their work and who you'll be able to mingle with in a more intimate setting than the conference hall. We'll have heavy appetizers, a cash bar, and some giveaways, so don't miss it. This is a limited ticket event, so visit my link tree at the bottom of my show notes to get your tickets before they sell out. Also, come visit the Authors Connect table, which will be in the Cypress alcove outside the exhibit hall. Check the dailies for author signing times, but come by anytime to peruse the bookshop and stock up on your aviatrix literature. I also have some fun, inspirational literary aviatrix charm bracelets and aviatrix journals there for you to purchase to help fund my outreach activities. Happy reading and see you in Orlando. This is Liz Booker with a literary aviatrix waypoint along our journey through stories featuring women in aviation. This one is from season one, episode one, in my interview with Erica Armstrong about her book, A Chick in the Cockpit. My very first interview. When I selected books for the first year of the Aviatrix Book Club, I thought, what better title to start with than A Chick in the Cockpit, a book about an airline pilot? That'll have broad appeal. I'll get to learn something about that experience. This will be fun. Well, spoiler alert, while Erica's book does tell the story of her journey to the cockpit of an airline, that's not what this book is about. This book is about domestic abuse and how domestic abuse in her life took her aviation career away from her. Not exactly the story that I was looking for to kick off uh, an initiative where I am hoping to inspire the next generation of women in aviation. However, a very important story nonetheless. There are some themes that reoccur in the story of women in aviation and in the story of women in general, and this is one of them. And so Erica's book serves as a cautionary tale. It offers the warning signs that people need to know if they might be in a relationship that is heading in the wrong direction. And it's also a story of resilience and victory with a happy ending that just happens to involve a book club. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if they do, make sure you share it with them and know that Erica is absolutely sincere in her offer to help. She is incredibly accessible for somebody with as much relative celebrity as she has, and she will respond. If you have nowhere else to turn, I highly recommend you reach out to her. This was like watching a train wreck, to be honest. It was so painful to watch things unfold for you. It was so frustrating. Everybody I've talked to wanted to crawl into that book, pull you out of there, and take care of business for you. Trust me. We all wanted that. I don't know what what you can say with your perspective now compared to when you wrote the book about that experience and what advice you might have for women who find themselves in an abusive situation. So for me, 
um, that was the most astounding thing is that since I've published this book, I do not go a week without having somebody email me. It, the, the instances and the examples that have been given to me are so deep and, and vast, I, it blew me away. Because I mean, I did a little bit of research gathering for the book itself. Growing up, I did not think I knew anybody that was in a domestic violence situation. I'm, I'm sure I did. But just like, just exactly what you said, that you wanted to crawl into that book and help people, that's exactly what I want to do too. I want to crawl into your life and help you. The thing with the domestic abuse, even after all this time, is that the abusers count on your shame to keep it quiet. I know for me, it was terribly embarrassing and I couldn't figure out why. I mean, it was I was so horrified that I let myself get into the situation. I just and I just felt at the time when I you're in the middle of it that you that I'm just gonna have to deal with it. The abusers are really there's a pattern to them set up with perfect, right? I was in a in a new town, I didn't have a lot of close friends, nobody really to talk to, new job, I was you know, gone quite a bit. I did not want anybody else to know about this. So I know that there are a lot of women right now that are experiencing this and nobody knows about it. So if you can at least reach out and, and ask for help, even just email me, I'll give you my email address. Um, just asking for that help is the hardest thing to do. But truly, I, I, I am astounded at the number of people that have emailed me with similar stories. So it breaks my heart um, to hear um, all the situations. Everybody's situation is very unique, but if you pull back and look at the big picture, the foundation of how and why it's happening continues to be the same. So, you know, it's going to take a generation to kind of change um, the mindset of that. I know it was interesting to watch my kids when they were um, in elementary school, they started a new little class called BrainWise in the, in the public schools. And all it was is teaching you to recognize your emotions when, you know, you, when you're a little kid, like kindergarten, they're, they're trying to get you to acknowledge it. But I think one of the peripheral things that might happen with that is uh, sort of little boys and girls as they're growing up to recognize those emotions and to learn how to handle them. You know, I didn't grow up with anything like that. So I'm, I'm hoping that our generation now, everybody that's listening here, we can start teaching the next kids and the next set of, you know, generation um, about those you know, anger management. Um, you know, we know what's right and wrong. The abusers know what's right and wrong. They make excuses and justifications for it. So it's gonna take an entire generation to change that concept. So by talking about it, it helps shrivel up that shame to put it in the spotlight. Um, so that's uh, why I was willing to take this, you know, incredibly difficult and embarrassing part of my life and just say, all right, that's what that abuser wants. I'm going to put it out there and just, just show everybody pattern of behavior and to know that you can get out and um, there will be people to help you. A lot of the readers that I talked to we're talking about how in the book, all the signs were there. And in your defense, I said, well, now she can see that and place that in front of you. And yes, they were happening in front of her. But obviously, in the moment, she didn't understand that those were warning signs. Is that yeah. true? 2020 hindsight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. As a young person, you know, excited about their career and stuff. I, I made excuses for everything as we moved along. And I, I think when all the women that I've talked to, they do the same thing. They justify those behaviors and they're like, well, you know, I must have something to do with that. And that's part of the of, of rewriting the book is to be able to show what are those things that I look back on and I'm like, duh, you know, why, why didn't yeah. I 
see it then. So because most of us don't. The tendency is for um, domestic abusers is they're very gregarious and charming. And to the outside world, they present a different image than what they do um, in the confines of their home. So um, it, it's definitely a, a warning sign um, to share with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, to your point earlier, you said you have to find a partner who understands. On the face of things, this is a person who should understand, you know, your career and what it would require. So being in your shoes in that moment, you, you think you have a good match here. And and then just things went sideways. It was just awful to watch. Very painful. 